Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And normally on this podcast, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. Today, however, mm. we are returning from hiatus with a little something special. One of our little interstitials that we love so much. Uh, today, we're talking about The Dark Tower, Book 5, Wolves of the Kala, or Kala, whichever you prefer. There's no rule that says you have to pronounce it a certain way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, we finally we finally got into the latter books. This book is so big. So much happens in this book. Yeah, I like, I'm enjoying the fact that we decided to do this. And, you know, the more both series progress, the bigger the books get. <laughs> it's just like, what have we done? We've, made, we've made a mistake. We've made an error in judgment. But yeah, thank you for bearing with us. Right now, my little, my paperback, I'm going to see what it says. I'm going to turn it. It is 931 pages long. That's a honking big book. It's a chunker. That's a big boy. Yeah. It's it not. Is, it I is. have another one somewhere with the illustrations, but I couldn't put hands on it, so I have a little fatty. Yeah. No, I've I've got that one downstairs, and I would I would go. <laughs> I'm not going to pause the podcast to go downstairs and root around on my bookshelf for it. But I'm looking at them online, though. <laughs> just just as I remember, I love Bernie. They are art. chunky. <laughs> they are chunky. I I have to say, like, because God Emperor of Dune is a pretty big book. Yeah. And this was a big book. And then I know Song of Susanna is, you know, kind of chunky. But then The Dark Tower 7, <laughs> the final book, is a, a goddamn tome. I think it's as big <laughs> as probably, like, Chapter House and Heretics combined. Probably, yeah. Those are both kind of slim, all things yeah, considered. Yeah, those are. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, boy. But this week we've got, we got robots. We got mm -hmm. twins with matchy-match names. Yep. We got New York City. New York City. We got people going Todash. We've got Father Callahan from Salem's Lot. We've got... What's Todash? Don't worry about it. We'll get into it. We've got Salem's Lot. Yep. Because <laughs> we're getting meta, people. It's around we've that time. We've got a little bit of time travel A little bit. Happening. We've got... Yeah. Uh, people eating frogs. Yeah. Just munching a frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Roland finds time to dance. And among other things, Among yes. other things. Roland. <laughs> this is... So this book is uh, quite a departure, I found, from the previous four books. Yeah. It, it felt... Because I feel like, in a, in a lot of ways, like, the fourth book, we're spending a lot of time, like not with Roland in particular or maybe like you know we might have a little time with Eddie and a little time with Jake but it feels like this is a much more like uh, a broader scope of yeah. a book than the previous four books have been yeah and we've got more characters that are sticking around for longer mm -hmm. like we're meeting people that are actually staying with us for most of the book and Doing stuff? What? Doing stuff. Things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, people give Roland some guff about whether or not he's really a gunslinger, which, you know, he doesn't <laughs> appreciate. Right. Very uh, much. Th 
there's something in this book that I really enjoyed was that, you know, you got to see some of the protocol involved in having a gunslinger like come into town and, you know, oh clean God. up Dodge, so to speak. Like I don't, you, I don't the, need all that nonsense in my life, man. I mean, to me, I, I like to see like how these things, you know, when before the world moved on, how these things would have gone. Fair. Like fair. I appreciate that. So, but also like Roland and Susanna and Eddie kind of realizing like, okay, they might ask us to help, but like they really don't have a choice. We're gonna do what we're gonna do either way. Yes. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's we're not stopping to help because we want to help these people. It's because like it's what a gunslinger does. It's it's our duty, it's our calling. And like, yes, the Dark Tower is still the big, you know, the big get. But this is like the more of the uh, bread and butter of what yep. a gunslinger would have done back in the day. And Jake gets to meet a friend. I'm, he gets I to know, meet a it's kid so his sad. own age. His own age. Does it end well? It does not. No, no, of course it doesn't. I mean, Nothing can end well. In it's this the Dark series. Tower. Um, yeah. This book doesn't end well for pretty much anyone. Mm-mm. I mean, luckily, I mean, it is, it's, you know, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, these these books all came out kind of click clack kluk. Um, when they yeah, started the, coming out, the last out, three, the last three books. Um, yeah, this is the first one published after Stephen King was in his accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot. Not only that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't no, mean to no, interrupt you. I was you, going nowhere. This uh, this book came out in November of 2003, so you don't really see the influence as much in this one as you do in Song of Susanna, but uh, this was came out when he was working on Song of Susanna and, you know, 9-11, never forget, happened and <laughs> plays kind of a big part in how the next two books yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, Roland and Eddie and Susanna and Jake, basically, they caused 9-11 they cause 9/11. to happen. Yep. Yeah, they do. Breaking news. <laughs> they do. I'm not even kidding. I know you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> but the audience might think that I am. I am no, not. No, she's not making a terrible joke. No. The gunslinger's content causes 9-11 to happen. Just stick with us, folks. Uh, <laughs> but first, <laughs> uh, so our our little gang is is back on the path. Yeah, they're they're trucking along. They so I'm trying to think how we're gonna like do. So I guess we should cover all the New York stuff. Sure, because that happens um, pretty soon. So Eddie and Jake. Mm-hmm. Go Todash, which is kind of a late. It's like a dream state, but things are real. Sort of astral projection. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's like they're astral projecting. Uh, they astral project to New York City in mm-hmm. 1977. 
New York City. New York City. Sorry. I, I require by law to say it like like Laszlo <laughs> from what we do in the shadows from, from here on out. I'm sorry. Uh, they go to the bookshop that Jake visited in the Wasteland. The Manhattan Restaurant of the Mind. Yes. Which is the most pretentious name <laughs> for a bookstore I have ever heard. Um... You could only get away with that shit in the 80s. I'm sorry. It's true. Of the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they find out that Calvin Tower, who owns the bookstore, also owns a vacant lot, the vacant lot where Jake saw the rose growing. Mm-hmm. And that the crime boss for whom Eddie worked is trying to... Uh, like manhandle they, tower yeah. into selling this to everyone's favorite North uh, Central uh, the Sombra Corporation yeah. North Central Positronics fame yes uh, so they realize that this is not great also while they're there they find Pretty a dire. copy of Charlie the Choo Choo mm-hmm. but the author's name is different Oh, yeah. It's changed. It's no longer Beryl Evans. It's no longer Beryl Evans. It's, oh, God, I didn't write this Claudia down. E Claudia something. E. Inez Bachman. Yes. Um, Claudia and Inez Bachman? Well, it's so, it adds up to 19. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all that, why that E is in there. But, uh, yeah, so now it's Claudia and Inez Bachman. I know, I, what a name. Where yeah. could that last name have come from? <laughs> Wacky. Just uh, wild stuff. If you hear that, and you for some reason maybe haven't read this book, and you go, well, that seems a little a little much. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> You're not wrong, Megan. <laughs> uh, so they go to New York. They go to New York couple other times mm-hmm. for various uh, purposes. Uh, namely, my favorite part is that one of the times that they go, Susanna has legs again. Which yeah. is very sweet. It's a sweet scene. She's enjoying it a lot. She's having um, a really good time with it. But that's where it becomes more evident that things that are happening to you in Todash are, are happening in real life because Roland's like, we need to get you some shoes because <laughs> these streets are nasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't put me down for being barefoot on a New York sidewalk. I've been oh. to New York. No, thank you. There is a scene from Gossip Girl that my friend mm-hmm. and I have talked about for like the last however long. This is now 17 years or something where Serena Vanderwoodson, in an attempt to appear like more of a free spirit, basically like runs out in a nighty and either barefoot or in like the tiniest flip-flops you've ever seen and nope. like skips across central park to like meet a boy and it's like oh nope <laughs> Serena. yeah there's a there's a scene in sex in the city where carrie gets her um her jimmy chews or whatever stolen and she ends up going into a nail salon and getting paper sacks to wear on her feet which is very funny to me. It's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, that would probably be Roland's solution. He'd be like, here's a fine oh, yeah. paper sack. 
<laughs> to wear on your feet. Um, right. No, he'd be like, hang on, let me just skin something for you oh, really quickly. I killed this rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'll make you some boots. Like, no. Oh, no, thank God. you. I think it should be mentioned that the way that they are able to go Todash, the way they are able to do this astral projection thing, is they discover a plant oh, yeah, that's right. growing. <laughs> and it has like, a, I suppose it's a berry. But it's, they're called muffin balls yes. because they're these round balls that taste just like muffins. And to me, that sounds delightful. Yeah, please. I would and like to And you eat those that. and you get to fucking astral project. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. But, uh, and so one of the times that they go to New York, uh, they threaten the crime lord uh, mm-hmm. and they it's pretty satisfying it's pretty satisfying mm-hmm. and they take a bunch of towers books for safekeeping uh, and they hide them in this cave yeah because uh, they know that the store is probably going to get torched yeah in retaliation and that's important really only for towards the end uh, mm-hmm. for uh, some some gasping notice yeah. stuff uh, whilst Eddie and Jake are going Todash, mm-hmm. Susanna. <laughs> Susanna's been a busy gal. So Susanna now has another personality. Mm-hmm. She does not realize it. She does not realize it. Uh, although we find out later that she's sort of been aware. Like she's kind yeah. of known, but she hasn't known like to what extent. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Mia. Daughter of none. Daughter of none. And Mia is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she is pregnant with the creature. The chap. <laughs> the, chap. the chap. Her chap. Yeah. Uh, that came from way back in the wastelands when Susanna gave herself up as bait to the demon. And we find out later, but I, I guess it's not too much of a spoiler to say now that, you know, it's not just the child of Susanna and the speaking circle demon. It's also the child oh, yeah. of Susanna, the speaking circle demon and Roland. Because of the time that Roland slept with the speaking circle demon and it like in kept, the first book kept, kept it, kept that seed. kept it aside. Kept it all fresh. Look, the way he's throwing it around, I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. (laughs) That's a good point. He is getting it. Um, Because, okay, let me, let's just count it down. So, like, poor Allie doesn't have a chance. No. Uh, Susan was knocked up. Yep. Um, Now, Susanna. And that's from... Mm -hmm. Stuff that was like kept in, I don't know, like a demon fridge. I don't know what they do with that. <laughs> um, kept I, it in stasis. Yeah. In this book, we have Rosalita, who mm-hmm. I don't know what her situation is, so we don't know like like how she's doing it. Um, and then I guess you know if we get further in, I mean, I think I think Irene is past that in her life. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, dude, we don't have time for this. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so so mia is pregnant and she and what mia is perceiving is that she's going to this castle 
and eating this wonderful feast. Yeah. That she has to eat in order to sustain her chap. What is actually happening in... I want to say our world, but you know what I mean. In Susanna's Uh, reality. In Susanna's reality is that she is going off sort of sleepwalking in the middle of the night and eating frogs and rats and stuff. Yeah. Just anything crawling around in the swamp or in the forest. She's going whole hog on that stuff. And Roland is following her and watching this happen and is just sort of like, I will deal Mm -hmm. with this later. Yes. Um, but they uh, don't really get a chance to, to deal with stuff in the... No matter, because it is like a very immediate situation, but Roland is like, you know, I'm going to watch and see. Because yeah. I feel like if I brought it up to her right now, it could be more dangerous for, for her yeah. than waiting until she becomes like more aware of what's happening. And yeah. keep in mind this whole time, Susanna, she suspects that she might be pregnant, but she has been getting a period this whole yeah. time. She's yeah. sick in the mornings and she just sort of feels off, but she knows that she's not pregnant because she's been getting her period. Um that is sort of poignant because she really wishes she was pregnant because she would like to have Eddie's baby. I personally yeah. feel that would be very inconvenient at the moment, Susanna. Mm. Um, <laughs> right. The way those two are laying it down, too. It's like everybody. <laughs> so I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet, honestly. I need everyone to read a pamphlet about safe <laughs> sex. Maybe not Roland. You can look at the pictures. Right. Um. It's not the high speech. It makes it's not the high speech. You won't understand it. I'm not writing it in the high speech because that would probably sound really pretentious. (laughs) Uh, Is it okay if I get into how the book starts? Yes. So yeah, we we kind of start. We have this long prologue, this long preamble that is, you know, a totally we're we're introduced to a totally new person. Uh, he is a farmer. His name's Tian Jaffords. He is uh, lives in a place called the Calabrin Sturgis. That is sort of like a, they're farmers mostly. They grow a lot of rice. Um, there's your dune tie-in for you. <laughs> <Funny rice. laughs> they grow, right. They grow a lot of rice. Um, they actually have sort of a successful, I would say, sort of... I don't I hesitate to call it like civilization, but it is a sort of a civilized community. It's like more yeah. civilized and maybe more advanced than what we've seen so far in the series. Um probably Everyone the closest... seems to only have two eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean they do say there's a few like mutant horses and deers and stuff like that, but well, like nothing. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> but nothing like we've seen so far. Uh and these people seem to have pretty good life you know it's really not bad except for this one thing where every 23 year 25 years or so um these creatures come out of this place called thunderclap and we learn that the kala is sort of sitting is part of this like crescent of likewise communities that sort of borders end world so we're getting like kind of in between middle uh midworld and end world here different geography different place there's mm-hmm. a place called thunderclap which is sort of the you know barrier between this and end world 
And nothing and good comes out of Thunderclap. Nothing good comes out of Thunderclap. And so these, they call them the wolves, mm-hmm. uh, show up. And so almost every child born in the Kala is a twin. Yes. It seems to be mostly fraternal twins, uh, mm-hmm. boy girl twins. Uh, every so often there's a singleton. Uh, Tian and his wife have five children, two sets of twins, and uh, the littlest one is a singleton. Yeah. Uh, all the twins have matchy names, which is just something that I personally <laughs> have never been into. My brothers are twins. They do not have matchy names. So I think I just, I don't know. There's something about it where I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, as I was telling you when we were reading this, when I was reading this book, like, I went to a very small school. You know, I think I've said this before. We have like 300 kids total in my in my school, K through 12. And maybe 30 kids in my graduating class. We had five sets, five sets of twins in my graduating Bo class. Bo actually went to high school in Calabrid In Calabrid Sturgis. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and a lot of them had matchy names. You know, there was like Kimmy and Karen, Brian and Darren, stuff like that. <laughs> it was So when the wolves come, they take one of each set of twins uh, away yeah. to Thunderclap. They are gone for a few months and then some of them come back. It's it's assumed the ones that don't come back have died. Mm. Uh, no one knows exactly what is done to them. But when they come back, they are what the people of the Kala call Runt. Yeah. Uh, so they have become uh, sort of mentally handicapped. So, and yeah. Sort of a walking catatonia, I would say, yeah, in some cases. Yeah. Some cases. It just seems to depend. Uh, but they're not as they were, basically. No. Uh, they start to grow and become extremely big. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, psst seven foot tall and you know like yeah beefy just massive uh, and they usually die when they're they're very young like all of us it's yeah. like basically when they when they hit kind of puberty they grow to this enormous size then mm-hmm. when they hit their 30s it's like they age overnight and then they die yeah they become like little grandfathers overnight you know just little wizened giants and uh, don't last long after that. So uh, Tian uh, Jaffords finds out from Andy, who is the Kala's robot. <laughs> Andy has been there for they don't know how long. Um, they assume it's been always. Um, the wolves have only been coming for like, I think they say like, eight generations or yeah. something like there ha- they haven't always come yeah but this is like a relatively you know in the grand scope of things like a relatively new development and you know andy always knows when they're coming and is able to uh-huh. not warn the people but sort of inform them because there's like no you know, people have tried to hide their children before, you know, they've tried to fight back. It never goes well. Yeah. Uh, also, I... Andy sounds like described and then pictured as well is the exact kind mm-hmm. of robot that I dislike. Just the very oh, yeah. clanky, like, lanky arm. Like, I don't... I would not want to meet Andy. A real tin man. Yeah. 
Also, he is always like, hey, want to hear a fact? Want to yeah, hear your, your horoscope? horoscope? Like, no, like, Andy, I don't want to no, talk to you. I have Twitter for that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> um, so uh, he finds out from, from Andy that the wolves are going to be coming. Mm-hmm. And that there's a group of people nearby. And they mm-hmm. seem to be gunslingers. Yeah. Wait, but, uh, you know, Tien doesn't really have time for any gunslinger talk. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. But he decides, you know, enough is enough. I'm sick of this shit. Like, my sister and my wife's brother, you know, they're they're out here working in the yard. They're both ruined. It's like a horrifying thing to watch happen to your twin Mm -hmm. obviously and he just he's like i'm not gonna watch this happen to my children so like fuck this i'm not doing this (laughs) i'm gonna figure something out and he calls a big town meeting and everyone shows up all the people from town uh Mm -hmm. the manny show up yes who we've we've heard speak of before but they are sort of these uh time monks that's yeah. really like they're a cult they're a they're cult, a cult. Yeah. um and someone who we will learn who they call the old man who we will learn mm-hmm. is the old father fella. father callahan yes. whom you may be familiar with from the novel salem's lot he is the town priest in that book who at the end after facing kurt barlow uh kind of fled yeah um so this is where he's been <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> it's Father Callahan. He's here. Yes. Um, it was when I first read this because, um, you know, before the book came out, this was this was the infancy of the internet as we know it now. But before this book came out, they released like the prologue on Stephen King's website. You like anyone could read it. I read it. I loved it so much. I was so excited about this crossover because at the time I was very obsessed with finding all of the Dark Tower connections and all of (laughs) Stephen King's other books. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I had a whole notebook and everything, but I printed the prologue out on my little, on my little printer and like sent a copy to my friend Josh and was like made all my notes in it. It was very stupid. That's wonderful. No, I love that. (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so they decide that they are at the very least going to find out if these people are actually gunslingers they doubt it because you have to remember that roland is like a thousand years old yeah um this would be like someone saying oh yeah like king arthur and you know lancelot are just amazing you say that just down the road Uh, you know (laughs) uh, because you do have to remember that at the end of the gunslinger, a lot of time went by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he took a very long nap. He took the longest nap on that Golgotha. Yes. And now he's. It's even more of a, a myth. Mm-hmm. Especially when he talks about growing up, and they're all just like, "What?" Because he's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, growing up in Gilead." They're like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> Like, you absolutely did not. (laughs) Yeah. So they meet up with our our cotet in the woods. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a. Uh, Father Callahan is there. Um, T and Jeffords, and I believe his wife and some of their kids are there. Um, this character called Benny Slightman or Benjamin Slightman and his son Benny are, yeah, They're just there. Uh, so, and Which then is, like another like rancher from, you know, like a big who's, who's rich kind of rancher. A, he's just he, there. He's got a lot of hot air. Mm hmm. Uh, so there's a lot. There's this is the aforementioned you know the sort of the cultural like this is how you address a gunslinger and Mm -hmm. this is how the gunslinger responds yeah uh there's a lot of how come that there's a lady and you say she's a gunslinger they're less concerned about the literal child than they are the woman yeah (laughs) they're like oh the kid's got a gun uh, that's nice it Um, should also be noted that andy is also with this group oh He's one of the first to meet the the little quartet, and Ugh. I feel like they kind of have his number from the jump. God, and part of that could be just them not trusting anything, you know, techno left over from the old people. The I way just that don't they trust do. a big tall robot. Sorry, Iron no. Giant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not not a fan. Not a fan of Andy. And neither is Roland or Eddie, like, right away. Just, nope, you give me the creeps. Jake is too busy being like, I will make a friend. We will all a talk friend. about Oi. <laughs> and Susanna is just like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I don't have legs. Like, none of this is new to me. Thank yeah, you. yeah, I have brown skin. Well, they're less concerned with that than they are yeah. the lady part. They're like, this here's a lady. Like, we brought a lady, <laughs> but she's here for the cooking. <laughs> and the child watching. Um, They do seem to eat real well. There's a lot of great descriptions of food in this book. There's a lot of steak. There really is. <laughs> like, they eat well. They have, like, good harvest, you know, and there's, like, lots of rice, and the rice sounds amazing. There's, like, all these different varieties, and they all have, like, different flavors and textures, and it just sounds really good. Cause it does. I'm a southerner. We eat rice at every meal pretty much. I love much. rice. Oh, rice. Yeah. But, um... So, Andy will not give you any information about the wolves. Like, where mm-hmm. they are, where they, who, who they are, where they come from, like, Well, he detail. requires a password. He needs a password. Yeah. It's about this time that, so they've been noticing more and more this seeming coincidence of the reoccurrence of the number 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a point when they notice another one, and Roland says, piss on 19, which I think is <laughs> not the right way to look at this situation, Roland. No. <laughs> But um, I, I have to laugh at the piss on. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's very it's frustrated. Just, it's so dumb. <laughs> he's very upset. Yeah. He's got a lot on his plate right now. They're also <laughs> none too impressed that he's missing fingers, which again, like, these guys kind of like, suck. Mm, I don't know. Some gunslinger you are. Like, wow. You don't even have two whole hands. It's like he met lobster creatures. It's not like he did it on purpose. Yeah. Like, ouch, he woke up and they were eating him. What are you going to do? So Father Callahan tells his backstory, which is that after he ran away from Maine, he uh, he can now, he can tell 
He can see vampires. He can see vampires. Yeah, he can, they have an aura. He can tell the difference between a person and a vampire. Well, like lesser vampires, not like the good yeah. quality vampires. Right. Right. Like he, the he breaks them vampires. down into levels. There's like a level three, a level two, and he like can a see level type one. threes, I think. Yeah. Uh but he eventually gets killed, and when he dies, when he dies in our world, he goes to Midworld. Uh, mm. kind of like Jake. And a- actually exactly like Jake. Exactly like Jake. <laughs> and he uh, ends up at the way station. He meets he's Walter. He's just doing the whole thing. He meets the Walter. Whole deal. And Walter's yeah. like, hey, I got something for you. There's somewhere you gotta be. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Take this with you. And what he has is Black 13, another one of them. Them, their magic balls. Oh, yes. You might remember the pink one from the last book. This and is the biggest and the baddest of them all. This is the one you don't want to have. I really love the scene where he's talking about it because he's basically like, it's. I have something under my floorboards and it, now it's talking to me. And Roland immediately is like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And even Jake is like, oh, my God, you have the black one, don't you? No. Shit. (laughs) We're in trouble now. Uh, So he Walter sends him to uh, Caliburn Sturgis. Uh, The Mannies find him in this cave, the aforementioned cave. Mm hmm. Uh, So they're like, hey, we should use this ball to travel through worlds to go to New York. And that's when they go to New York to to save the Rose. Mm hmm. Uh, this seems very dangerous to me, but these these kids are always doing wacky stuff. <laughs> exactly. So a lot of this book is them planning to battle the wolves. Mm-hmm. And how do the ladies of the Caliphate, though? Well, this is actually kind of... I, I came around. I did not care for this on my first read through okay. of this book. When I first read it, after it first came out, I was like, eh, eh. This is, I don't know, it seems very domestic. But well, now, yeah, I mean, now I've come around on it. It's pretty badass. They throw these plates, basically. Uh, they basically throw these plates like they're, I don't know, frisbees or some shit. And uh, they're real sharp and cut things in half, pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, frankly. And it, it's sort of a, there's a whole, like, um parable behind the plates and it's about like they're sort of I don't know if she's like sort of a she's like a goddess but also sort of like their local like folk hero she's called Lady Oriza she is the lady of the rice she is like you know there's this whole like myth around her throwing the plates and that's why just the ladies throw the plates the men don't partake in that and uh, they do it for fun apparently but they're really dang good at it yeah, it's usually just, like, something you do on, like, the festival day. Like, oh, we're going to have yeah. a plate throwing competition. But it turns out yeah. that that's actually a very useful skill to have. And Susanna mm-hmm. takes to it like yeah. a duck to water. And I like it because they scream, rise up, when they throw the plate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very satisfying. <laughs> uh, one of these ladies, since we're, we're I'm going to start passing judgment again. One of these ladies mm-hmm. is Rosalita, who is Father Callahan's housekeeper. Yes. 
and whom Roland decides the best way he should spend his time is is banging. Well, she's into it. I I'm think not she saying comes on that to him she's first. Not into, he, she's not into it. That's totally yeah. fair. I'm just saying he's got a lot going on. Yeah, but I mean, you know, a, a man has needs, I suppose, and Ew. so does a lady. <laughs> a this, lady has needs too. That's fair. It, it doesn't seem like there's really great pickings in the Kala. <laughs> She's probably like, Rosalina. hello. <laughs> hello, strange, you know? Then he does do that dance. He does this dance called the K- Kamala. Yep. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, Don't call I'm not, Roland's dance stupid. I'm gonna. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I find it very silly. He's... It's very silly. The illustration is very funny to okay, me. Okay, the illustration is very funny. He looks like Balky Bartokolis. I'm, I'm sorry. Looking, I'm looking at this picture right now. I'm literally staring Tell at it. Tell me he doesn't look like Balky Bartokolis, because he does to me. I, I will never judge the art of Bernie Wrightson, so... I'm not judging uh, the art. I'm judging the <laughs> dance as it is drawn. Fair, fair. The art fair. is lovely. The dance I, looks stupid. But it really impresses all the people. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, important to them culturally. Yes. So they all, they all really like it. Um, They've never seen anyone dance the Kamala like that before. There's also, just so we learn a little bit more about the Manny and how they suck. Uh, yeah. One of the women of the Kala was raised Manny, but left Mm-hmm, to marry to get married and uh roland while you know like dealing with them mentions like oh i met your daughter like she's doing well she's a family you know and her dad is basically like well she's damned yeah she's gonna go to hell so it's fine it's cool, great that she has cool. a good life but it doesn't matter yeah. because she's going to hell like oh not because not because she got married but because she married outside yes of the Manny because she left. Like, oh. Patriarchy. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so around this point is when Roland tells Eddie about Susanna and Mia. Mm-hmm. And Eddie has kind of noticed that something's off, but he's not sure what. Which is like, good. He's not, he's not dumb, you know? He's got instincts, but he's never nobody wants to think that their wife's evil alternate persona might be coming back i mean that's really what eddie that's is most concerned one. about is yeah. it Detta walker yeah no it's not Detta. Like, oh well then it's, it's other not chick. really great either <laughs> no <laughs> like this chick is not fantastic and i'm yeah. just gonna like spoiler alert she's gonna have herself a real ugly baby <laughs> yeah like maybe yep. the worst baby i don't know like it's a bad baby it's not a good baby no. not a great baby at all <laughs> um that baby is a a figure of much controversy mm-hmm. uh but we'll get to him when we get to him oh yeah spoiler <laughs> it's a boy spoiler alert it's a boy spoiler alert he has the most on the nose name you've ever heard <laughs> mazel <Tov. laughs> is a boy He's kind of mm-hmm. gross. So <laughs> they plan all this to fight the wolves. And Jake finds out that Andy, surprise, is crooked. 
Yes. And actually works for the wolves. Jake does some little sneaky sneaking. The Roland and the rest of the quartet have Jake staying with his new friend Benny. He's like, you know, you don't you haven't gotten a chance to like really be a kid since yeah. you've been here. So go out there, be a kid, but also, you know, keep your eyes open. Just a little sneaky. Jake, yeah, Jake has started to have his own suspicions. He does not inform the group what they are instead you know he takes the initiative and sort of does his own little sneaking around and figures this out so it turns out that benny's father is also crooked he has been helping andy and feeding information to the wolves in exchange for his son not having to go mm-hmm. uh and they kind of figure out that you know, every time the wolves come, it's sort of Andy's job to find someone in the Cala to exploit in mm-hmm. that way. And the way he's done it with Benny's dad is not only Benny's safety, but Benny's dad gets a sweet pair of eyeglasses. Yeah. Which, I mean... The gift of sight. <laughs> the gift of sight. I mean, to be fair, as someone who wears glasses, if I didn't have any or any access to any, I might be kind of like, say... <laughs> you would not sacrifice a bunch of children no, for glasses. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> you have what's known as a moral compass. Also, they're making this deal with a tahine, and I'm not going to talk to a tahine. Nope. That's gross. Um, Do Have we explained the tahine? I'm sure we have, but I mean, we can always do a refresher. If you saw the movie, yeah. The Dark Tower, that will not tell you anything, even though <laughs> ostensibly the Tahin are in it. Right. So the Tahin are gross. They <laughs> are terrible. sort of henchmen of, you know, the Crimson King, I suppose. Um, they're just sort of generically evil guys. They have... Bird faces, bird heads, animal heads, but yeah, uh, they will occasionally wear disguises that look make them look human. Um, these would be the low men in yellow coats that you might have heard of from Hearts, Hearts in Atlantis, Atlantis if you read that. Yeah. So uh, this one has a weasel head, which mm-hmm. makes me think yeah. of the weasels from Roger Rabbit. I was going to say the weasel from Suicide Squad. <laughs> Or that. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him either. No, Sorry, man. God. <laughs> He's like, so disgusting. Good on you. Like, glad you made it. But, ew. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Jake tells everyone what he saw. Roland does not kill Penny Slightman's dad, uh, which, no. you know, big for him. That's yeah. growth. And, but they, uh, but Eddie does uh, decommission Andy. Oh, yeah. Which he deserves. He totally deserves. He deserves that worse. Yeah. Eddie figures out the password. Yeah. Of course he does. He's Eddie. He's our boy. And what is the password? I don't remember. Do you remember? It's 1999. Oh, my God. See, he's like, I was dreaming when I wrote this chapter. (laughs) Forgive me if it goes astray. Because it's about to. Oh, buddy. Okay, so the wolves are the wolves are here, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Roland, Roland has a pretty good plan, I have to say. Roland has a pretty good plan, and I, I'm gonna give it to this this book. Like this whole sequence 
of the day that the wolves finally get there and like them preparing for it for this fight like very exciting yeah and it's it's one of the rare scenes like this that's written to be exciting like you're actually like Mm -hmm. oh my god what's going to happen because i mean frankly it's a stephen king novel anything can happen to any of these characters yeah i still remember how i felt when roland lost his fucking fingers i was like what that can happen <laughs> you He's can't the character you can't do that in this <laughs> to the main character what? and Stephen King's like hold my beer um so but i like it when books do that i mean to be fair i know you're not a fan but that's how i felt when i read game of thrones i was like what just happened mm. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how it's done. I'm not saying I hate it or anything. It's I know. Just, I just, every time I mention I just, Game of Thrones, I feel like maybe you're going to put out a hit on me. I don't that's know. not why I hate Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So we're just avoiding what we're... Okay. So the wolves are robots. <laughs> yes. Um, They're not actual wolves. They're Doctor Doom robots. Oh, my God. So they look like Doctor Doom. So they're silver <laughs> and they wear green capes. And they have a Doctor Doom face. Eddie and Jake both realize, like, hey, doesn't this look like the guys from the comic book? Yeah. And that's oh, weird. Here we go. That's suspicious. That's weird. <laughs> so their weapons, oh, oh boy, are lightsabers. Yep. And golden and... snitches. And golden snitches, because I don't know if you all know this, but Stephen King, big Harry Potter fan. If you are looking at the book, I sent this to Bo because I'd forgotten in a horror. When you get to this section of the book where this is revealed, it is in part three, The Wolves. It's in Harry Potter font. Yeah, I was about sure to hold it up is. like I'm on camera. There's no one here in this room with me. <laughs> look around, my daughter's imaginary friend, Bread. Bread, bread can look. I hope. Bread, oh man. I hope. I hope bread's not in here. I don't like bread. Uh, <laughs> bread is her friend only. Um, so I'm sorry. I just love that your daughter has an imaginary friend named Bread. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Who she described. This is the only. Uh, she's. I've been given a very lengthy description, but the one that's the most important is he's a kid, but also old. Nope. Nope. <laughs> No bread. No. No. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> so the gunslingers manage to defeat the wolves. Yay. Yeah. Um, There's uh, some fierce plate throwing happening. Uh, we poor Benny Slightman loses his life. R.I.P. Benny. He does pretty pretty horribly. Um, Mia picks the worst time to go into labor. And she takes over Susanna's body and runs away to the cave with Black 13 and uses that mm-hmm. to transport herself to New York. Yep. Uh, but when Roland and the rest of the gang and Callahan follow, she is gone. So yes. they they can't figure out how they're supposed to get to New York. And while they are in the cave, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Yep. The other whammy. Yep. Uh, Callahan starts looking through Calvin Tower's books and finds mm-hmm. a book called Salem's Lot by a man yes. named Stephen King. Yes. And wow, this is like my whole story. He has yeah, an existential man. crisis. We're all having an existential crisis <laughs> right now with this, now with this freaking Kilgore Trout self-insert nonsense. 
oh, it's going to get so much worse. Again, if you've never read these books and you just enjoy hearing us talk, this is going to get real, real something real soon. This is another point of great controversy. You better Uh, be prepared to hear me be really fucking mad in that last book. (laughs) I'm just warning you ahead of time. Like, I'm going to be real mad. I will say... Because I think this is a funny kind of, like, flashback. Mm. The angriest that I was ever at a book getting kind of meta, mm-hmm. the first time I ever got mad about something like that, was when I read the Christopher Pike Last Vampire series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read those. I have not. <laughs> they re-released them a few years ago when, like, Vampire Diaries was real big. Um, mm-hmm. They did that thing where they bundled them all together and they renamed yeah. it to something else. And like, I think they updated stuff. Like people had cell phones and things, which doesn't fit. Mm. Like that's a series from the early nineties. Like just leave it there. It's fine. Yeah. But so also like I am of the opinion that that kind of thing just never works. Like when my real quick aside, when my book club and I read, I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of us got the updated version where they had done that. But they had to do things like characters had cell phones, but oh, it ran out of battery because an entire, you know, <laughs> plot points hinge on not being able to get in contact with people. Yeah, just leave it in the time that it was written, please, I beg you. Yeah, it's really I, fine. Like, I don't like it when they do stuff like that. But so in the last vampire series, it's like I I think there's six books. They're about the main character is this vampire and all of her various trials and travails. Well, one of her friends, uh, her human friends, is this kid who is an author. And at the end of the very last book, she, I forget how it happens, but she basically wishes that she never became a vampire so that she could just live with her family back in the past mm. and like live a normal life. And it ends with her friend, the author, basically like he still knows her story. And so mm-hmm. he's, like, written it. So, like, it's supposed to be that, like, all the books we've just read are, like, him writing it. And I remember just being like, boo. <sighs> like, what the fuck? Boo. <laughs> I was very angry. I was, like, because that was one of the first series that I was, like, reading as they were coming out. So I was, like, so excited yeah. for this last one. And it was like, what? Yeah. Like, 14 yeah. years old. Just like, oh, wait, sometimes books are bad. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes books make yep. you sad sometimes books disappoint you sometimes they do sometimes there are Dr. Doom robots with lightsabers and golden snitches these freaking snitches <laughs> get stitches I wish they're Harry Potter Harry Potter model yep it's stamped on it's them it's actually it's stamped on them yes thanks north central positronics because no one knows you what that suck. means since none of them are from the time period that has harry potter <laughs> right <laughs> they're all like who's that guy he must be a real real bad because i think and i'm like buddy you eddie, have no idea eddie recognizes the lightsabers yeah but everyone else is just like uh-huh <laughs> what <laughs> what what i mean you sure you sure said it what that's a story that you would you could tell roland and he would be like the story is great you'd be like oh and it all happens in space and he'd be like i don't understand 
What is space? Like, what, do you, what do you mean it happens in space? <laughs> like open, like the desert, like open space. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, it's no kind rolling. of a desert, um, <laughs> but it's a desert look planet. Up, look up. <laughs> you see up there? There's like stars and planets, and it takes place amongst those. And he's just like, nope. <laughs> he's like up there where the giant turtle lives. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Like, no, Ugh. like there's a part oh, where they boy. see a cloud that looks like 19, which, oh, my yeah. boy. And like, then Roland's on. like, well, that probably means something. That one also kind of looks like a turtle. Weird. Like, Roland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roland just doesn't have time for it. This He's got other things on his mind. He's like, I got to get you people fed. I got to get eating some. a frog. Uh, I've got arthritis. Not very good. You know, what happens? He, he's sort of having an existential moment. Like, can I still even call myself a gunslinger if I can't even hold my guns? Yeah, you're no longer a human if you have arthritis. Well, I mean, it's it's called the dry twist, which I kind I of like as someone who has a parent with a chronic... <laughs> like a rheumatoid arthritis and they keep saying oh no it's not rheumat rheumatoid like that's not as bad i'm like excuse me <laughs> it's much worse maybe I mean, everything have, is topsy-turvy in i have Mid-world, i have arthritis but... so i mean it's mm-hmm. not fantastic it's not fun um i would like to i i just i I know we don't like to spoil, but I just want everyone to know that arthritis is also going to be a plot point, and you're not going to like that either. Uh, arthritis shows up as a villain in a lot of Stephen King stories. It is, but you used remember a lot. what's causing the arthritis, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure do. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> Stephen. Oh, Stephen. <sighs> just on Twitter making weird sandwiches or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> so that's pretty much the end of this book. Yeah, I mean, 900 pages, but look at us. Yeah, well, Callahan has decided that he will join the quartet. They kind of think it was always supposed to be that way. You know, Susanna is how it works. Now, Susanna's gone. He steps in. And the next book is going to be a lot. A lot of it is going to be set in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's real unpleasant. It's going to have a lot of a lot of gross stuff. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cause nine eleven. <laughs> well, we'll we'll wait. That that's not till the last book, I think. Right? Or is that Song of Susanna? I don't remember. No, like, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's Song of Susanna. They're like, yeah, we're just going to leave. The- Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. We'll, we'll talk about it we'll when talk we get about there. It. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> After God Emperor of Dune. So we have plenty of time. Yes. You guys can just think on that for Marinate on it. a long yeah. time. Or get caught up with us. Um, and you'll get to meet a real gross baby. Oh, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. Not a fan oh, of, this, no, of this baby. It's a very weird place for the story to go. 
It's a mm-hmm. strange twist. When I was reading Song of Susanna for the first time, I was like, what? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So. But all but, that being said, we will be back soon, hopefully. Yes. With God Emperor of Dune. Yes. I know some of you are chomping at the bit to get to it, and we are we are ready. We've had our little break. We took a little vacay. Went Together. to the beach. I know it was great. <laughs> we did. It was great. Meg, you you graciously flew out here and we rented a big beach house and stayed there for the weekend and it was excellent it was we wonderful laughed a lot we watched a lot of ewan mcgregor movies and had a great time <laughs> but Ate now we are some very good seafood yes Mm-mm. and at one point <laughs> just talked about wolves of the cala and laughed a lot about wolves of the cala oh yeah because that's how we are that's how we live well uh, our friend Sammy C just sort of watched, looked on in bemusement. We did make her watch Dune. We did, and she liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. We talked about it yesterday, actually, because we were talking about the the. We went to see the uh, this new movie. It's out. It's called Barbarian. Uh, if oh, you've seen I've the heard trailer, yeah. If you've seen the trailer, it doesn't give a lot away. And I will say that what you see in the trailer is like you're going to end on a completely different movie from where you start from it doesn't it is not what you see in the trailer at all it is just more twists and turns than anything i've seen it's amazing five stars couldn't recommend it highly enough go see it it's real gross in parts but you know i don't think it's as gross as like x was okay so you know, it doesn't have quite as much gore as you might expect, but there's stuff that just makes you very uncomfortable. Um, but aside from that, we were talking about the Don't Worry Darling drama, and I was talking about Florence Pugh, and I said, well, she's going to be in Dune 2, and Sammy was like, oh, I'm really excited to see that. I love the first one. <laughs> so, success. We did it. A convert. Hooray. <laughs> But all right. Yes. So look for us to be back hopefully next week with uh, the beginning of God Emperor of Dune. And uh, until then, friends, thank you so much for hanging in there with us while we took a break. And uh, we'll be back soon. But until next time, be nice. Take your spice. spice. Just because we're not having spice this book. Don't mean you're not supposed to be nice and take your spice. Exactly. (laughs) Bye. Bye.